Lead Time is a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective, hosted by Tim Allman and Jack Kalliberg. Lead Time taps into biblical wisdom for practical solutions to today's burning issues. Each podcast confronts real-time struggles facing the local church in a post-Christian culture. Step into the action with the ULC at uniteleadership.org. This is Lead Time. Welcome to this bonus episode of Lead Time. Today, it's just me, Tim Allman, uh, sharing a little bit of my heart and and going off a little bit on a recent uh, blog that I wrote called Christianity is Changing, and you know it, you see it, you feel it. Now, what is our perspective? Uh, before heading into that, just wanted to uh, express congratulations to President Matthew Harrison. I'm praying for you. I care for you, I respect you, and I pray that you lead with humility and courage, recognizing the time in in which we live. And along with you, um, all those who will be elected at the upcoming Synod Convention, I'm praying for you as as well. And here's an invitation for us to walk this middle way, uh, this log gospel tension-filled way, uh, recognizing there's a variety of different churches because there's a variety of different contexts in uh, the ever-increasingly secular United States of, of America. It's, we're no longer in Kansas anymore, are we? So Christianity is changing as the world increasingly embraces behaviors and perspectives counter to God's word and God's created order. We really have one of two responses. One, we run away in fear, we protect ourselves and our children, we denounce the culture and hide behind our church walls, or we move in love to listen and care for our neighbor, crossing to, like Jesus did, the other side, uh, to meet the demoniac there, the other side with love as we meet our neighbors exactly where they are. Now, what I've presented right now is an either-or binary scenario. Here's the truth. Both of these postures must rest on the heart and mind of the disciple of Jesus. On the one hand, we must protect our children, uh, the minds, the the lives, uh, the futures, the hearts, the purity of our children, resting upon the never-changing Word of God and the law of God, which has been written onto every human heart. The church should be a place set aside for both law and gospel to be spoken, heard, and lived out in all of the lives of the baptized. You hear there is a there is a defense protection orientation of the church for all who call the church home. On the other hand, we must recognize that those who have believed the lies of our culture are not our enemy. In fact, they are loved by God. Our enemy is sin, death, and the devil. We are in a spiritual battle And the devil's days are numbered. You know this. The crucified and risen Christ is soon to return. We know it. We feel it. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly and find us faithful with lamps that are filled and burning when you do return. Recently, I started uh, reading a book and actually finished it. You know, a lot of times you read books and you (laughs) you don't finish them. I'm probably like... I read like three-fourths of most books, and then sometimes I think this guy or gal, they had to fill a certain amount of pages. Anyhow, this this book here was one I read cover to cover and probably will return to into the future. Uh, the Great Emergence, How Christianity is Changing and Why, uh, written by the, the now-deceased uh, saint of the Lord, Phyllis Tickle. I love that name, Phyllis Tickle, written in 2008, the year I was ordained as a pastor in the LC, LCMS, and this book really has a lot of 
prophetic. Looking back now at a 15-year-old read, uh, what a prophetic prophetic read. The book highlights how about every 500 years over the past 2,000 years of Christian church history, the church feels compelled to hold a a giant rummage sale. I thought that was fascinating, a giant rummage sale. So there are three major shifts in Christianity for you historians who geek out on this stuff like me. Here they are. The first was the 6th century with the fall of the Roman Empire, or as many historians kind of note, the coming of the Dark Ages. Now there's no for these ages, there's no like right here at this time, although maybe the third change, we could kind of give a marked point, but it's more of a of a continuation into and then out of a new a new season. So church leaders like Gregory the Great held the church together largely through the monastic movement. In the monastic movement, that's where you see a whole bunch of leaders saying, wow, we got to treasure the word of God, pass it on to next generations, and then create spaces. You could call these our, the first seminaries, right? Spaces where theological uh, learning is, is preserved, treasured deeply. So guys, yeah, Gregory the Great came out of that time. Next in the 11th century, you have the Great Schism between the Western and Eastern churches. Uh, finally, we, pro- we don't talk a whole lot about that in, the, in kind of the Dark Ages, but that what happened in the Eastern and Western, how hard must that have been for the church? Finally, we're all aware of the major shift brought about by the Great Reformation of the 16th century. Thank you, Martin Luther. Uh, Pick up that book to learn more about the details of these great shifts in the Christian church. But about every 500 years, the empowered structures of institutionalized Christianity, whatever they may be at the time, become an intolerable carapace, this is what she says, that must be shattered in order for renewal and new growth to occur. And when this happens, history shows us three consistent results or corollary events. Now, again, this is all from the book. A new, more vital form of Christianity does indeed emerge. This should give us encouragement. The church will last. The gates of hell cannot stand against the uniting movement of Christians under the cross of the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. Second, the organized expression of Christianity, which up until then had been the dominant one, is reconstituted into a more pure and less ossified expression of the former self. Uh, Tickle identifies how the church is blessed with two new creatures where there had once been only one, and in the process, the formerly existing creature is blessed. Now, I believe looking at the shift, the radical secularization shift of today brought on by postmodernism and a number of the moral shifts taking place right now in our culture, this has radical implications. How do I say that? Implications. There we go. There's a word for the LCMS today. Uh, As my dad said sometimes, sometimes, son, you get talking too fast and you wix up your merds. That's what just happened right there. Anyway, the former creature... Are in the LCMS are our current churches made up of laity, uh, church leaders, pastors, uh, all of the baptized gathering consistently to receive word and sacrament. The former creature are our institutions, our beloved universities and seminaries, preschools through high schools, recognized service organizations, and the infrastructure of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod made up of leaders in St. Louis and the deployed 35 districts and circuit leaders of the LCMS. This former creature is an immense treasure for the church. Praise be, praise be to God. At the same time, you could say a new creature is emerging through various people and entities longing to be associated with the LCMS. You could look back and see the rise of 
the Pastoral Leader in, uh, Leadership Institute or Link or uh, 5-2, a number of entities, and you could even probably put the Unite Leadership Collective as a part of this new creature that is developing among, among many other expressions of the church. This new creature is highly focused on lay leadership development, new ways to develop leaders who are faithful to the gospel, carrying word and sacrament to their communities beyond existing brick-and-mortar churches. This new creature delights in new church expressions, including multi-sites, micro-churches, micro-schools, missional—how many more micro-things can we do, right? (laughs) Missional communities and churches connected to for-profit ventures. This new creature has a high tolerance for risk and and an entrepreneurial spirit. We all recognize that the Christian church is changing. The big question is whether or not leaders who desire the former creature to be blessed by the new creature will stand up. This is a call for leaders to stand up and in turn allow both to thrive into the next season of the life of the church in the world. Such leaders will need to become adept at understanding how growth, both in congregations and synods, occur in such a season of change. Two things must take place at the same time. The former creature must learn to work with the new creature and vice versa. I yearn to see this day for the sake of the elevation of the name of Jesus. Now, here is the final result of the Christian church changing. Every time the incrustations, I got that word right, every time the incrustations of an overly established Christianity have been broken open, the faith has spread and been spread dramatically into new geographic and demographic areas, thereby increasing exponentially the range and depth of Christianity's reach as a result of its time of unease and distress. That is awesome. Through the pain, through the suffering, through the difficult conversations, the Lord works all things together for his good, for the propagation of the gospel. Now is the time for LCMS churches, pastors, and presidents, and leaders to recognize the time in which we live. Namely, I pray our newly elected, re-elected LCMS president, Matthew Harrison, understands the times. I pray he fosters an environment where both creatures cohabitate for the sake of defending and advancing the gospel. Congratulations, sir. I am praying for you, and I pray you lead with humility and courage, depending upon the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, which lives within you and moves between you, uh, to the entities of synod, the leaders that you get to do life with and inspire and motivate and send out to equip the saints for love and good deeds. Here's the reality, President Harrison and other leaders in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, we may not agree on everything, but I imagine we agree on these points to the shared confession of Jesus Christ as Lord, uh, to the six chief parts that we we teach, obviously to the grand narrative of, of Scripture. I bet we agree that secularism is firmly here, Budweiser, Target, anyone? (laughs) The satanic attack on the nuclear family is real. Political division is immense. Mental illness is sweeping through our culture like a social contagion, especially among our young. The world needs a confessing church on mission to bring the hope of Jesus to the masses. The LCMS must stay united, respect our various contexts, and understand that this is an amazing time to be the church especially if the former creature will love and embrace the new emerging creature. 
We'll see. Time will tell. I pray so for the advancement of the gospel. This is a bonus episode of Lead Time Sharing is Caring. Please like, subscribe, uh, wherever it is that you take this in. And I pray for unity around our confession and our mission to make Jesus known. God bless you. You've been listening to Lead Time, a podcast of the Unite Leadership Collective. The ULC consults and brings together cohorts of congregations to build the culture, systems, and structures of intentional discipleship multiplication. To go deeper with us, create a free login on uniteleadership.org for access to exclusive materials and resources. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.